Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports to the Max is on the air. News Talk 830 WCCO. Dexalytics, what the heck is that? The NFL Combine we know about. But from the School of Kinesiology at the University of Minnesota, they will present Dexalytics at the NFL Combine. Professor Donald Dengel is in the middle of it because he's spearheading it. Professor, thank you for joining us tonight. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Explain what you're bringing to the Combine from the School of Kinesiology at the University of Minnesota. So, about Three years ago, the NFL switched its uh, methodology for body composition. And so with that, it's it's a much more scientific, advanced way to do body composition. And with that kind of increased complexity there, we developed a software system to go with that device. And so we go to the NFL Combine to help them do the body composition analysis. But we also help with our software so when the combine every day at the end of the day when everyone is scanned and it takes about four days to scan everybody each day we go back we process all of that information and then relay it to the team so at the end of the evening they'll have everybody scanned from that day and they'll have it broken down by position and some other variables that we do for them and that happens every night so, so explain to me body composition. You, you said it's changed, changed in terms of what they're looking for, how they go about it. What is it the NFL wants to see? They've changed the methodology. So previous to that, they used a method that was kind of very old. Um, it wasn't very accurate, and it only kind of put the body, it only could break the body into total, so the total body composition. And it can only can do look at either your body was fat or it was fat-free mass. Now we use a newer technology that breaks the body up into three components. It breaks it into actual fat again, but it takes the one, the fat-free mass, and it breaks it into actual muscle and bone. But also, instead of just doing total body composition, it basically segments the body out. So besides doing total, it can do the right arm, the left arm, 
the left leg, the right leg, the trunk. So it's a lot more advanced as far as being able to specifically break the person down into different components and tell you how much fat is on his legs, how much fat is on his arm, is he symmetrical, is he not symmetrical, things like that. Professor Don Dingle is our guest from the University of Minnesota School of Kinesiology, heading off to the Combine in Indianapolis uh, for body composition studies. You, you know, I'm always fascinated by this. Um, I, I mean, I mean, can you, are they looking for, like, can you tell if a guy has loose hips or tight hips? How, how intricate do you get? What is it that you can do uh, that, that they want to see? Is it range of motion in the shoulder? Is it, what, what's the limit? It's really more about the the distribution. So, where's where's the, how much muscle do you have? Where is it put down? Is it put down in legs? Is it put down in arms? Is it put down? Do you have a big trunk? Do you have a big gut? Do you have a lot of fat there? Is it you know abdominal fat? It can tell you exactly where it is. And you know there are if we look at positions. And so we can tell you running back wise, who's who of all the running backs, who has, who's the leanest, who's got the most muscle mass. Is he lower body? Does he carry a lot of that mass in his lower body? Does he carry it in his upper body? Same thing for receivers, for linemen. So if you think about linemen, you know, we always tell people, you know, a defensive lineman looks like a triangle. It's kind of pointed on the top and very heavy on the bottom. And that's a good lineman. A linebacker looks like a triangle upside down. So there's very a lot of weight up top shoulders, but it comes to a very narrow point around the waist, and the legs are usually much smaller. So you have that accent on speed with that kind of a that kind of body build. The other one, the triangle for the defensive mind, is more about like a setting. I can hold a point. I have a lot of weight down there. I can hold that area. Um, we can also tell you like you know how much of that body weight do they have is fat and how much is muscle. You you know, you have 200, you have two guys that both weigh 300 pounds. One guy may have, you know, 30% fat. The other guy may have 15% fat. That's a lot more muscle that can do generate power than the person who has all that fat, who's the same weight, but just not going to generate much power with that fat. Well, let, let's just take, say, the quarterback position. We've, we've all seen guys that are, you know, uh, you can stand two guys next to each other. They're both 6'3 and, and 205 pounds. One can throw the ball 65 yards. The other one can throw the ball 45 yards. C- can you look at that? Can you look at things like range of motion in their arms or, or, or maybe it's even finger length and hand size? Does that come into play in body composition? Not so much. You know, of all the positions that we look at, and we look at every position, quarterback is typically the one that's the most difficult and that is because there's so many other variables that go into it defensive backs you know i can we can do body composition and for defensive backs really those people that get drafted make a team end up on a practice squad looking at body composition you can come within about 83 percent accuracy of who's going to make the team who's not going to really line them Linemen are more down around 63%. So, uh, again, there are other things in there, and quarterbacks are low as well. And, again, it's because quarterbacks have a skill set that kind of is outside of composition, you know, arm strength. Reading a defense, If you can't throw the ball very accurately, I don't care what your composition looks like. 
Okay, it's not going to be very helpful. Now, now, let's say a defensive back comes to you, and, and you say, based on your composition, you're probably not going to make the team. Is it possible for him to change that composition once he has that information? Is that a difficult thing to do or an easy thing to do to get to the top, you know, 15%? It's you know, difficult. I mean, you know, you look at people, it takes them years, you know, especially an NFL player, it takes them years to get to that build. And, you know, and muscle is very slow to change. You know, it's hard. It's easy to add fat. You can just go down to the, you know, to the smorgasbord and eat a lot of food and you can put on a lot of fat weight. But what you really want to do is put on a lot of muscle mass. That takes a lot of training. That takes a lot of intense, you know, weightlifting, a lot of that. So it's much more difficult to really alter your composition to great extents. We can make improvements. You know, we do that all the time. You know, a lot of teams have this kind of technology where they'll track their players and they'll put in different different training regimes that they really want to maximize, you know, the muscle mass. And then they'll use this kind of device that we use to check it to make sure they're making, you know, progress with their training protocols. Don Dangle is our guest professor at the University of Minnesota School of Kinesiology. They'll make their way to the combine to, to check body composition for players. So let, let's just say, I mean, would this be advantageous to say a, a college program so that when the freshmen come in, they can say, this is your body composition and, and, and here's the ideal body composition for your position. Now we understand you're not going to get there overnight, but we'd like you there by your sophomore or junior season. Could it be used that way? It is used that way. In fact, the programs that are, let's just say, doing very, very well in college football use use this technology, and a lot of them have our software. So they're really? they're using this software. They're using this technology. Yes, the very the very advanced programs use this kind of stuff because they understand the the ability to look at players to maximize their training protocols for them to put them in. You know, the diet programs have them work with the nutritionists to try to basically change the composition to what they want it to be. A lot of times you're looking, you know, at freshmen coming in and they'll look at him and say, he really isn't big enough, strong enough. We're going to redshirt him. We're going to put him on our strength program. We're going to have him work with our dietitian. And we're going to monitor that by watching his composition to make sure that he is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And we are kind of fine-tuning that program to make sure we have the right diet as well as the right strength and training program for him. Do you do that as well beyond the body composition? Do you say, okay, if you want to get from, you're here, and if you want to get there, here's the diet and here's the lifts you need to do? What do you do? We, you know, so whenever we work with teams, and we work with a lot of teams, professional and college, we really watch where we're at because a lot of teams will have their own concepts, their own coaches and their own ideas. And for us to kind of say, Hey, we know better than you. We know how to do it. Yep. That usually is not going to work very well. Yep. What we can do is we basically tell them, look, we can tell you if you're making advances, if you're doing adequate changes and you're changing the composition the way you want, if it doesn't go the way you want, then you need to look at your own program and make those changes we're not going to tell you because that's not our area. And that that works a lot better than us trying to go in there and tell them, you're doing it wrong. That's just... Uh, that's a recipe for disaster yeah, for even, everybody. So even, I think, even if they are, yeah, no, no. Uh, but but yeah, how, even if they, you know, how about other sports? You use this in other sports, or is it primarily football? No, no. So, you know, primarily football, but for a college program, 
we'll do, you know, basketball likes to use it. Um, volleyball likes to use it. Track and field likes to use it. Um, certain sports, you know, where composition is key, they will use that. And it's, you know, baseball, we do a lot of baseball. And baseball, you'll look at, you know, baseball is a lot of symmetry. So you're looking at, you know, especially with pitchers, you're looking at right arm, left arm. Is the right arm getting overdeveloped? Is it getting, you know, too big compared to the other arm? So now they're asymmetrical. So, again, asymmetrical can lead to injuries. So it's used in that sense as well to make sure that they're keeping their players, you know, so that they don't overbuild on one side. Now, do you reverse engineer this thing? And what I, what I mean by that is, do you say, okay, uh, let's say you're entering into the NFL for the first time and you say, we need to show them what the ideal outside linebacker looks like. Do you go find the best outside linebacker in the game, look at his body composition, and then say, there it is, there's the standard? Or how do you arrive at a standard? Is it based on somebody's previous performance or is it based on what? So, you know... I think professionally we've probably done, you know, maybe 1,600 professional football players. College-wise, I think our database is somewhere around 1,700, 1,800. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that have been scanned that are in the database. Um, And it just kind of... But what we tell teams is, you know, you can use our database, and that works very good for initial if you don't have any database to work with. But teams that use this technology on a regular basis and have, you know, have been using it will develop their own database. So those teams, they get to know what they like, or they, you know, they start to recruit people they like too. So they know we want our left tackles to look like this. We want our guards to look like this. And you'll see it when a team makes a change, too. Like when a team moves from a 3-4 to a 4-3 defense, you'll see that, you know, compositional change in the players that they are using now. And they'll kind of say, well, we need to have a, you know, with a 3-4, our defensive ends are going to look much different than they do on a 4-3. So we're going to have to change the player we're looking for or we're drafting or we're going to recruit to fit our new system. So people that have our system, our software, it will start building and recognizing exactly what you are selecting. And they may not even know they do it. You know, a defensive line coach may just say, I always like this player. Well, you look at the composition. Do you always know that, you know, your defensive linemen have this characteristic build and, you know, they'll kind of go, Oh, all right, Where it really comes in is also if you're looking at free agents, you can bring in four free agents for linebacker, but you only got one position. You can kind of say, you know, this is what our linebackers look like. These three don't look like it. This guy looks like it. Now, Professor Don Dangle is our guest. Uh, he's bringing uh, uh, Dexalytics to the NFL Combine. Could, could you take this on, say, say a 50-some-year-old, uh, I mean, for the sake of argument, we could say very athletic looking still. Uh, could, could you could you do a body composition on him and say, okay, here's where, where you're going to struggle in the next 20 years. You're, you know, maybe it's your posture, maybe it's your uh, wh- where your fat is, whatever it is. Can you do that as well and extract some information that's valuable, or is this pretty much geared towards athletic performance? Actually, the the methodology we use is actually clinical methodology. So it's often, it was originally designed to measure bone. So the idea came from, I measure your bone density and I can tell you 
look, your bones are brittle, your your osteoporosis, you're going to end up with a humpback or Dower's hump, as we call it. You know, we can look at your bone density. So from that standpoint, I can take a 50-year-old and say, look, your bone density is getting to a point where it's not optimal. Can, can they do something about do bone things, density or not? Well, there are many things you can do. You know, you can, there's, you know, many drugs that you can take to help you, you know, kind of slow that decline down. You can load the bone. I mean, the bone likes to be built when it's loaded. So that's strength training, that's walking, that's things that put stress on the bone. It likes to be stressed. That will help increase your density. You know, strength training where you're loading a bone with, you know, weight also helps the bone. So there are many things you can do as, and there's also diet things, you know, whether we're taking enough calcium, you know, making sure we have adequate amounts of calcium. Those are other ways. So, yeah, there are a number of ways you can, you know, use this methodology and that it is used clinically for people to say, hey, look, you know, this is where your density is. This is things we need to change for that. You can also look at it as, you know, as muscle. As people get older, they start losing muscle mass. They get, you know, they kind of move into an area called sarcopenia where, you know, you lose too much muscle mass and you're going to have frailty issues and quality of life issues. And you can say, look, at this rate, you're losing a tremendous amount of muscle mass. We need to look at trying to reverse that. Sure. Okay, so last question. Should, should everyone, you know, at least at, at maybe at a certain age, minimum age, maybe you can stay with that is, should they try to have this done? And if so, where do you get it done? How much does it cost? Well, you know, so this is the technique we're talking is dual X-ray absorptometry. So clinically, it's it's done. Often women will get it once they reach menopause. So it's, it, it will be ordered up by a physician often to look at bone density. What we know now is that males also, because we live longer, also have bone density issues. So, you know, I always tell people, it's good to know your composition. It's good to know what your bone density is. It's good to know what your muscle is. It's good to know how much fat you have. We can also tell you if you have a lot of visceral fat. And visceral fat is bad because it brings, it makes you more susceptible to cardiovascular disease as well as metabolic disease. So, in that sense, you can really look at people and say, you are trending towards diabetes. You are trending towards you know, having a heart attack or a stroke. So there's a lot of things you can pull out of body composition and use to kind of monitor your own health and also kind of make changes so that, you know, we all want to live a long life. We all want to live a quality long life. Well, how do you do it? How much does it cost? You know, so DEXs usually are have to be prescribed by a physician, but you can get them, you know, if you go into a physician, I want to have a DEXA, They'll have it. They can just order one. Um, you know, so there are a number of places that will do it clinically. There are a number of places that do it non-clinically as well. But again, you know, they'll have to have a physician order. But it's not as difficult as you think to get a physician's order for a, a DEXA scan. So, you know, really the best place to talk to your physician, tell them, you know, I'm worried about my composition. There are other places around the city that also do them as part of, you know, a screening process as well. So there are those places as well, too. But I, it's usually best to kind of work with your physician and just say, this is what I'm concerned about. Professor Dingle, appreciate it very much. Have fun at the Combine and uh, interesting stuff. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great night. Thank you for having me on. You bet, Professor Donald Dingle from the University of Minnesota uh, School of Kinesiology. Do you want to know what your body composition is? Maybe that's the question we all need to answer. We will when we come back. Stay with us. Sports to the Max. 
Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Minnesota United opened the season on Saturday. We'll visit with Manny Lagos from the front office in a matter of minutes. I'm, you know, I, I, I would like to know, I guess, my body composition, what I could do differently. Um, Rob Moore, who was the president of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and, and he works at the same health club I do, and we talk about this often. He, he, I should get him on some night because he, he is all about uh, trying to create the fountain of youth through, through diet and exercise. And and he's talked to me about that. Get it done. Get your composition done. See, see what shows up. See what doesn't. You know, you might have some blind spots. All those things. There's part of you that really does want to know. Uh, I don't want to know that. Oh, you got curvature of the spine, and uh, by the time you're 74, you're going to be a hunchback. I, I don't know that I want to know that uh, unless I can do something to prevent it. Um, but I guess it wouldn't hurt you, right? I, I mean, even you know, someone that's incredibly athletic in their 50s. <clears throat> probably still wants to know when we come back Manny Lagos the Minnesota United season is almost here already what does that mean stay with us this is back the Minnesota United are back they will open the season on Saturday at Philly joining us Manny Lagos one of the great Minnesota soccer names Manny thank you for joining us tonight Thank you for having me I, I really appreciate a little of that music uh, to come have me come in here and I also appreciate your uh, attitude towards the weather right oh. now. I'm right there with you as a fellow Minnesotan. You know, we, we all get it, right? We we signed up for it. We live here. All this. Where was the nicest place that you ever lived and played in, uh, Manny? Oh, I've been lucky, Mike, in my career. I, I lived in a city outside of Barcelona that was beautiful. Um, I really liked Northern California back in the day. I was in a, a place called Los Gatos, California, which is near San Jose. Um that I really enjoyed as well. Those, I mean, I love the big cities. I played in New York and Chicago too. So I, I I've been spoiled in my career uh, to play in some beautiful places. But certainly this time of the year, you know, you look at the places that were sunny, like Northern California. Um, I even played in Tampa a little bit too. But uh, ultimately, I know we're going to get through this, and I know we're going to enjoy our spring here uh, sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, sooner or later, at some point. Now, Manny, of all those places besides the Minnesota United, of course, what was the best fan base that you ever played for? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would have to go with San Jose only because we, we had a kind of a special time there. We won two championships in three years. Um, you know, I, I played with Landon Donovan, who was really yeah. he, he was in the younger years of his career, and you know, our fans just loved the, the kind of we, we I don't we barely lost at home ever in three years and we won two championships. So that was probably you, you know the one that I created the best bond with outside of maybe our, the Minnesota fans who when I played here with the Thunder days. Yeah, um, and, and really special memories for me. Yeah, for sure. Now, now Saturday, here we go again. I, I mean, this season, I'm still. I feel like I'm always learning about the MLS because I, I feel like I never really understand it. Yeah, uh, you know, when they have players on loan and all those things. But, but the season starts now this week with a long training camp. Do, do you ever worry about length of season that is too long for these players and how how long they go? How how do you pace them through this? Yeah, I mean, I listen. I, I think it's. You know, it's like anything else. Points matter. I mean, they, they are matter at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, they matter for getting the playoffs. They matter for your playoff spot. And it matters how you get off and running. And, you know, um, it, it is crazy that it's starting up again so quickly. I, I don't think, relatively speaking, you know, the, the season this year will go from, you know, beginning of March, end of February, till the beginning of, of November. It, it ends a month earlier than usual because the World Cup this year is in December in Qatar, and, and we have to have the team stop by the beginning of November so that they can go to their national teams and prepare for the World Cup. So, um, 
it is unique that it's starting maybe a week early, um, and it certainly is unique with the, the weather the way it is that we can't think about spring. But at the same time, I'm excited. You know, it's been an off season where we've added a couple of players. We we have some new, exciting offensive players. We're going to add some stuff to what we're doing, and then ultimately, um, I, I think just to answer your question, you know, um, I, I I every game matters, every point matters because we 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 saw it last year we barely qualified for the playoffs. Yeah, it came on the last day, and then we we actually got a pretty good seeding in the playoffs. Yeah, that was crazy because it was those games were layered on top of each other. And if this team wins, they're in, they're out, all those things. And it was like a matter of, you know, 15 minutes to a half hour when all those things were being decided. It was great, uh, great theater at the time. Uh, so, so when, when you, after you saw last year, you said, okay, next step is, and, and then when, when you go about procuring players in the offseason, in this case, some of the new additions that you brought in, as you mentioned, um, it's different than other leagues in that, you know, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but you've got the whole world in different leagues to tap into. Uh, what are the limitations in terms of bringing in talent? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, um, the, the, the biggest challenge is we're, we're part of a global market of buying and selling players. And, you know, our league is definitely exponentially growing. We're becoming, I think, close to one of the top 10 leagues in the world. But with that, you know, the, the challenge is that it's not just easy to go buy a team and they'll just give you the player. It takes a long time and a lot of work to try to really procure a player, to get a club interested in selling your player, and then a, finding a price point that makes sense that you can get the choir the player for and he actually then adds value to your team. Um, so I, we have a great technical staff. We have a great data analytics staff. We have a great scouting staff. I think it's just growing. I mean, I think it's great, but it's only going to get bigger and bigger as, as MLS gets bigger and bigger. But again, I, I think we've got a great staff that's trying to build and grow the roster. And, you know, certainly Adrian is really involved, particularly this year when we admittedly said we had a great year last year defensively. We just weren't quite clicking offensively. Yeah. Um, we then went out and added uh, a player we knew well. was here two years ago. His name is Luis Amaria. He got injured, uh, but we started scoring a lot of goals. Then COVID hit and scored a bunch of goals in the MLS's back tournament down in Orlando when we did the bubble, um, and then he got injured. And, and we were we missed him last year, and we went after him. We got him and acquired him this year. Um, and then another big signing we think they're really excited about is a young uh, South African kid. Um, that we signed and, and you know, our, our fan base is going nuts and, and Mike, you'll love this, uh, because they remember Ace Ness Lingley back sure. in the seventies. The ace man, star. the ace of the uh, kicks, yeah. 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 So Twitter and our fans have been awesomely blowing up about the connection that we we've signed, you know, a y up and coming young South African star that we think is gonna be a star. He's on the national team for them. Uh and he, he just got here a couple of days ago by the way. So he's He's absorbing our, our current climate uh, situation as well. Is it difficult? What's more difficult, analyzing, projecting a player, or making a deal once you decide you want a player? All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it really is. You know, finding the right player, figuring out the right play for you, figuring out if you can buy or sell them. The club will let them go. I mean, again, we're always approached by other clubs to buy our players too. So it's one of those situations where. Um, you know, it, it, it's tough. And then once the player's here, getting them adapted to our league, getting adapted to our environment, our culture, and then ultimately, you know, having the coaching staff, you know, making them better and making them click with the team. So all of those things make it incredibly challenging to, to be part of that kind of global transfer market. When, um, like when he gets here, how long does it take to get him up to speed with the system and where you can count on all those things? Uh, you know, in, in basketball, they'll play guys the same night that they sign them. What's it like in, in <laughs> soccer? Well, I think I think a couple things. It depends on the time of the year. If the, if the player's been playing a lot and he's fit and he's healthy, you're, you're now more safe to say that he at least he won't get injured if he starts playing right away. So that that's a big you know push to make sure the player is 
is super fit, has been playing, and again, has doesn't have a chance of getting injured. A lot of times when guys come in and haven't played a while and they get injured, next thing you know, they're out four weeks, and then it takes even longer for them to get ready for kind of the demands of our league and the physicality and, and then just like the toughness our league presents. Uh, and then the second thing really comes down to the, this coaching staff figuring out the best way to integrate a player. And I think that comes down to experience, age, and ultimately trying to figure out the best way to kind of bring a player along. So we, we've, throughout the years, we've had guys come in the night before and start the next day. And we've, we've also had guys come in and take three weeks to get involved. So ultimately, you know, again, th- that's why this weekend is, is a big deal. It's the open of MLS. It's on the road against a tough Philadelphia team that has been one of the better teams in the league the last couple of years. And we want to get points. So ultimately our, our staff's going to have some good decisions to make hopefully about some of the new guys and how they want to integrate them to, to figure out if we can get some points this weekend. Manny Lagos is our guest from the Minnesota United. They open it Saturday at Philadelphia, and, and, and away we go. Uh, for your own fan base, um, obviously Minnesota, you, you, you go in, <laughs> you, you cover every season of the four seasons, basically. Uh, how does that affect <laughs> strategically as you sign players? You know, you're starting cold, then it gets warm, all those things. And how do you try to appeal to the fan base? I mean, is it different crowds you're trying to bring in in the spring versus the summer because you're going to get more families in the summer once it's nice? How, how does that work? I mean, I, I guess... For our, for our home fans and for for growing the fan base and growing the stories and and again it to me it's a little bit of this being on the radio with you and telling stories about the drama the challenges of what we're doing the transfer marker building the roster or you know the tactical realities of a chess match of a soccer game and what system Adrian's going to play this week and how is he going to help us get points and then we come back home and play on March fifth which is probably is going to be the earliest MLS game ever I think played in Minnesota which could be incredibly cold but ultimately Mike what I would say is it's one of the best experiences for sports right now in the Twin Cities market. And, and a lot of it has to do with, with the guys in the field and how well they've played the last couple of years. But ultimately, it's this connection of people being so happy that we have soccer in the city with their own stadium that just experience it gives me chills. And, and really, you know, you kind of played that song that we all play and sing when we win uh, a game. Yeah. And that to me is, is, is I, don't, I don't think it matters what season it is. I think – We've got this fan base, and we're starting to get more and more fans that want to start experiencing it. I can't tell you how many people come up to you like, like i, I got to get to a game to experience what people are talking about. And, you know, you've been involved in, in sports in this market, all sports for so long. We also were involved in doing some soccer stuff, even Thunder back in the day. Remember that? Minnesota and, and Thunder remember, Weekly, buddy. Yeah, I love it. And Buzz I Lagos, bu- a Buzz Lagos yeah. production, yeah. <laughs> well, I still have the VHS tape. I do, too, um, somewhere. <laughs> I could never predict it that you know we we. God, isn't that something when just, you think about that? Yeah. Twenty five years ago, whatever it was, and 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 yeah. now here we sit yeah, talking I, about this brand new stadium and in in same. I, I've long believed, Manny, that. Um, and I don't know if this was by design or accident. I don't know if I've ever asked you this or if you know the answer to it. Um, but the proximity of that stadium. And soccer, to me, go hand in hand. It's urban. It's it's mass transportation. It's public transportation. It's you get off, you walk up. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that when the stadium was built. But as I watch the way it plays in in the demographics of your uh, audience, which which is all over the map. I mean, you you've kind of got the whole you know the full uh, gamut of who comes out there. Uh, it it seems to me like that's the perfect place to build that stadium. I didn't really think about it when you built it. I just assumed that was the best land deal you got. But was that by design? It was. I mean, I, I think, you know, if, if we go back, there, there was obviously the other spot. Farmer's Market in Minneapolis was 
Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, I forget that. Yeah, area that we kind of really similar though in terms about. of urbanization. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and, and and right by the light rail as well. And I, I just think in the end, you know, one of the things I, I love about St. Paul, and I loved about, I think at the time was Mayor Coleman that he recognized right away the opportunity, particularly because you have owners that are. are paying for the stadium and, and want to do it for the reasons of they think it's an enhance the community. And, and I think Mayor Coleman of St. Paul at the time really pushed and said, guys, this is life changing for us to have in St. Paul. And he, and, and to your right, at the end of the day, uh, you had a spot. I, I grew up only a couple miles from that, from that. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was unused parking lot. Yep. Uh, and, and it's just perfect. And, and it's so cool to see now the light rail going in, all the buildings going up, it becoming a destination. And ultimately my crazy thing for me is like, what are they going to do about parking? But, the reality is it's so weird. People now have either shifted to mass transit or they don't mind parking further away, which I never imagined Minnesotans would want. And they, and it, it, it hasn't become a problem. You know, they've figured out a way to kind of manage an urban stadium experience, um, unlike I think, you know, we, we've had in the Twin Cities. Yeah, urban's cool. You know, it, it is. Cause I love it because it means there's going to be a melting pot of different people there. And I think that that's good for all of us to uh, to experience. Uh, uh, well, good luck on Saturday. I ran, in, I ran into Chris Wright at the um, grocery store the other night. And he was just getting awesome. back from Florida. And he was very, very tan and seemed like he was in a very <laughs> good mood. Yeah, he, he's. I mean, what a guy! What what a, what an impactful person, businessman, sportsman to Minnesota, to us, to basketball, indoor soccer. Uh, you know, I, I we would not be where we are today without his leadership, and particularly taking this club and, and building it into what we are, especially at Allianz Field. Uh, I, I can't say enough about how important he's been uh, the the growth of our club and. And the growth of, of that experience we just talked about on Lions Field. Yeah, it was great to see he and his wife and, and see them finally living the, the retirement life and I hope enjoying it. Manny, always good to visit with you. I hope we can do it frequently during the season. Love it. Let's get after it. Let's uh, get this MLS season going and let's get off to a better start. We started 0-4 last year, so we've we got right. to get off to better starts with you. Yeah, yeah, you will. You will. Manny, <laughs> thank you so much. Manny Lagos Thanks. from the Minnesota United as they start the season on Saturday. What a great sports market we live in. Holy cow. I mean, you talk about coming to the buffet table, it's whatever you want. Pretty good stuff. Stay with us, Sports to the Max. Back, Michigan obviously gets in that uh, problem with Wisconsin after the game of the handshake, and they go out and beat Rutgers tonight with Phil Martelli serving as the coach in place of Juwan Howard, 71-62. to The Gophers play Wisconsin tonight, and uh, ran into, Wisconsin was involved in that as well, but I ran into Tyler Walls on today. Tyler's a key figure for that Wisconsin team. We had a nice visit. Uh, Tyler's father, Tim Wall, was a great player at Mankato State. When I was a kid growing up, I can remember going to watch him play and go, man, they, that guy can jump out of the gym. And uh, he's having quite a career now at uh, Wisconsin, as is the, the Crowell kid and Davison, and the list goes on and on. Uh, but they come in here trying to hunt a Big Ten title. And the last time the Gophers technically won a Big Ten title in 1982, they won one in 97, but they took it away from them. Uh, that team will be honored 40 years later tonight at the barn. Now, I got to tell you, th- there was a time when I thought the best ticket in town was Gopher basketball. The best bang for the buck, the best everything was Gopher basketball for a number of reasons. You'd go in there, Williams Arena. Uh, you you weren't going to be there longer than two hours, first of all. Uh, the place was packed. It was jumping. You could feel it when you got in. I love a good band. And, and, and college bands are so good. And, and they got it revved up, and the teams got revved up. And, and there was a time, correct me if I'm wrong, because a lot of you know this. You lived through this era. 
where you knew just about every head coach that came in the Big Ten. Not only did you know them, but you knew their idiosyncrasies. There's Gene Cady with uh, whatever that is for a hairdo. Um, you know, there's Lute Olson uh, when he came in for Iowa, and Bill Frader for for Michigan, and you know, eventually, you know, uh, uh, Coach Fisher came in there, and, and, and Judd Heathcote, who hated William Sarita, and Bobby Knight, the ultimate, and people would bait him and yell at him, and, and they were into the game, and they were so knowledgeable about the game. I mean, it's not even a shadow of what it used to be in terms of excitement going to the game. Uh, fans feeling like they can make a difference. I never thought that one would fall off. Uh, and it has for a number of different reasons. You know, COVID obviously a part of it, but it is not near, when it was the big, part of the other reason is, you know, these players, Joe Barry Carroll and, and Glenn Robinson, you know, if they came in as freshmen, there's a good chance they're going to be there, at least their junior year, maybe their senior year. So you got to know the rosters. And I mean, people went there invested and they thought they were going to make a difference in the outcome of the game. And the Gophers were competitive. You know, Jim Dutch had the team in 82, but obviously Clem Haskins had a number of very competitive teams. And really, we haven't seen that since Clem. I mean, Dan Munson, yeah, I never won an NCAA tournament game. Tubby Smith won one NCAA tournament game. Uh, Richard Patino, I think, won one NCAA tournament game, which is which is your mark. That, that's where you find out. You know, that's how you build a base. They beat Louisville that day at... Uh, uh, down there in Des Moines, it was a great win. It was re-energized for a minute, but not in general. And I never, it, it's not the arena. It's still not Williams Arena. It's not the problem. The problem is we don't have that same feel in the state where people go to that game to make a difference. And it's and, and it's the best ticket in town. And it's a two-hour show. It doesn't happen. When we come back, Reg Chapman, my colleague at WCCO-TV, has done some outstanding work. Uh, in interviewing uh, a member of a gang and much more. What's really going on in the streets? You need to hear this. If you didn't see it, uh, and watch it online if you can, but you need to hear this because this is really, really what's going on out there, just not, not what you want it to be. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.